Jordan and Logan are bringing order to the galaxy. Every week here on The Pod Awakens, we will be discussing batches of episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars in chronological order. The Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars, a rewatch series. Hello and welcome to The Pod Awakens presents Chronological Clone Wars. My name is Jordan. With me on this journey for his first watch and my second watch is Logan Stump. How are you today, Logan? Hello there. Um, <laughs> I am doing well. Um, just got over a stomach bug, and uh, so this is a this is a really good start back into real life again. Um, it's, uh, is this real was, life? Podcast? Yeah, is this real life? <laughs> In a galaxy far, far away, Jordan. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's good to have you on this journey. Uh, just to make everyone aware, I did not force Logan to do this. He came to me <laughs> after our post credit scene <laughs> and was like, uh, I want to watch the Clone Wars. What if we did this every single week? And I was like, that sounds good. I wanted to rewatch it. Right. And I never had the, <laughs> like, you know, uh, sometimes you want to rewatch something. You don't, you just keep putting it off because you're not forced to rewatch it. Yeah. Well, Logan's forcing me to rewatch this, so uh, I am rewatching it. My wife will be watching alongside me for her first time, so uh, I'm really excited to to get into this and get your thoughts on uh, the Clone Wars. And we're doing it a little non traditionally, I would say. Um, if people missed the trailer, we are doing this as the episode says chronologically, chronological Clone Wars, and. Uh, we're following the StarWars.com order. I will put that link in the show notes as well for people that want to just have it ahead of time if they want to know like what's next week and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think most people would probably start, if they weren't doing it chronologically, they'd probably start with the movie. I feel, I feel like most people are going to start with the movie. Or if they don't know there's a movie, they're just going to start with episode one of season one of the show, and that's how they're going to experience it. Um I think that way can be confusing. I do want to stress why I think it's best to do it chronologically. Like Logan just came to me and said, let's do the Clone Wars. I said, even better, let's do it chronologically. Because I, I, as somebody that's been in that position that watched it not chronologically, because this was before streaming at times when I would watch this. So I had season one DVD. I had the season two Blu-ray. So my watch order was just the the discs. Right. And when I'm watching it on the discs, I was not, you know, um, the Internet was still trying to figure out the order anyway, I would say. It was probably like there'd be I remember people discussing it and I'm like, well, I'm not going to flip into this disc and then put in this disc. I'm just going to watch it this way. And with streaming now, it's so easy to just scroll to season two, press episode 16, then scroll and press episode one, six uh, season one, episode 16. So I think now is the best time. But there were some bits in this where, let's say, uh, you know, they don't really come out right away and say this episode takes place well before the show. But these two do. These two take place before Ahsoka is introduced. These two episodes take place before the movie. And I just want to say, no spoilers here, but I guess um, for Logan, uh this planet that they're on, Christophsis, is where the movie takes place. So 
why I've ordered them this way or why the website ordered them this way, I guess, is because it is building up to those movie things. Um, the, the conflict that happens in the movie and, uh, the way they do the show though, is very, uh, you know, they kind of just drop you right in, right? There's not a lot of like introduction. It's a lot of just kind of, um, and I kind of like the way they do this. A lot of kids' shows do this, I would say. Cartoons. Like, I remember, if you watch the first episode of Batman, the animated series, it's just a normal Batman episode. It's not like, I'm Batman because my parents died. Like, they don't go into that type of stuff. And this show, even if you started at, like, episode one, is not like the Clone Wars started because of this. Thing. Like, they just kind of drop you right in. And I think part of that is for syndication purposes. That way, if just an episode comes on, you're just like, oh, okay, like, this is what I'm watching. But just to give a little background about the show, this show started in 2008. Uh, the movie was released in 2008. I remember the news, I think it was like 2006 or seven that they started saying they're working on this. And I, I watched a few episodes on Cartoon Network when it first premiered. But again, this is before I had like a DVR. <laughs> so this was like, if I caught it, I saw it. If I didn't catch it, I'm hoping for a rerun or something, you know? Uh, it's just crazy how fast times have changed just in the last 15 years even when you talk about talk about television airing um but logan what was your first experience of like just being told about the clone wars or maybe hearing about it? do you remember when it first came on and you're just like i'm not interested or was it like you hear later like oh this show's really good yeah i, I think it wasn't until later that i found out that it was so good um i do remember it coming out because i remember that would have been I would have been still in high school, uh, which is that's wild Same. to think that it was 2008. When I looked it up today, I was like, 2008. That's crazy because I mean, I was still. I think that would have been a sophomore in high school. Um, so I don't know. It was it was freshman or sophomore, and uh, but I do remember it. I remember it coming on TV. I remember ads for it, and I remember being like, "Well, that's intriguing." Because Nolan and I, my brother, um, we were obsessed with Phantom Menace growing up. Um, it was the one good that choice. Seen good in choice. Theater. Yeah, um, it was the one we had seen in theater first, uh, obviously, uh, and then that sparked my interest in the whole Star Wars uh, world, I guess, the universe, because really, I mean, we hadn't seen the others. My aunt owned all of them on DVD. Um, she has like this huge DVD library. She's like, you've got to watch these. Um, I remember taking them back home after Christmas one year, um, and I remember watching them, binge watching all of them. Um, but Phantom Menace will always hold... I know with you two, uh, a special place in your heart. And I think people our age, especially just because it's, it is, it's, it's that uh, movie that you remember. It's one of the only movies that I really remember going to um, when I was younger, uh, which is really cool. I remember that in Spider-Man for some reason, but um, I remember seeing Spider-Man for sure. I, I didn't yeah. see Phantom Menace in theaters. Um, I, so this was back in the day, you know, when like my, my, my parents like would only take us to a couple movies a year. Right. So yeah. like, uh, 99, I don't even know what I would have seen. Toy Story 2, I think, was 98 yeah. or 99, so somewhere around there. Um, yeah, we just didn't see it then. But, you know, I saw Attack of the Clones in theaters. I did not see this movie in theaters. The Clone Wars movie that's next week, I did not see that in theaters. Um, 2008, I didn't see much movies in, in theater 2008, actually. I didn't even see Iron Man in theaters 2008, so... Uh, I don't know what I was doing that year. 
Jordan took a hiatus. Order of the Phoenix, I think. It was probably yeah. the movie I got I to see. Saying, that was it. All the all the Harry Potter movies I remember going to. Although I, remember, I will say, like as a teenager, I didn't go to a ton of movies just because I, it wasn't the cool thing to do, right? Well, like you didn't go. For me, like, I lived in did, the middle but, of nowhere. Like I would have to get true. a ride, and my parents weren't always taking us to the movies like right i don't want to they're like they're nice parents i don't want to say anything yeah. bad with that <laughs> but it's just like once i started like dating my wife and then mm-hmm. uh having my own spending money did i actually like go to the movies a lot more than i used to right and i think you out of all my friends um are more cinematically inclined uh, you spend more time in a movie theater than yeah. i think uh, most of my friends combined. So, combined. Um, no. that makes me feel bad. <laughs> no, you should feel good. Like it, it's cool. Like I, it's a, it's such a great experience. And I think an experience that obviously is taking a hit with streaming, but yeah. yeah, like, I just remember this. I remember these commercials, Jordan. I remember the clone war commercials because I remember the battle droids and the battle droids were the ones that we always, we had tons of battle droids. Like my mom used to get so annoyed because we just buy battle droids every time we'd go anywhere. That's good. Those <laughs> type of toys, you can't have too many of, because like you can be like right. building an army yeah, of the B1 exactly. battle droid. Yep, like the clones, like the Ewoks, mm-hmm. like you could buy them and you were safe to say, like you couldn't have two Darth Mauls. Like why right. would you want two Darth Mauls? It didn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, we would we would buy those. And we, I remember us trying to build um, our own like clone army uh, as well. But mm. The clone army was not as big of an obsession, I think, because... Battle droids were just funny, I thought. Roger, Roger, right? Roger, Roger. No, yeah, so I think that's a good background on our experiences with the show as it was coming out. I I, I think I'll be able to tell you, Logan, when we get to the episode, I remember for sure watching at my grandmother's in the basement while my cousins wanted me to play, and I'm like, the Clone Wars are on. When we get to that episode, I think I'll be able to point out and say, this is the one, because I can remember parts of it. And it's like, for some reason that episode which wasn't a big deal it was a huge political episode it wasn't like a it was like a senate based episode it was not a like action episode but for some reason that episode stuck with me and i'm pretty sure i'll be able to point it out when i when i get to it again my ex it's funny that you say that because my ex-girlfriend back in high school i was going to college um and it was still my hometown and she had twin brothers that were nine and ten like right around the age, like the sweet spot, right? Um, where the imaginations run wild, you still believe in everything. Um, and they were obsessed with Clone Wars. Every So you know how like it became, Clone Wars just became like its own channel. Like they just ran it nonstop and it was just played nonstop. And I can remember going over, because I can't remember, did, did Disney Channel end up with it? No, uh, Cartoon how? Network had it. Yeah. Was it just Cartoon? Okay. I couldn't remember who owned it, but I just remember it being... It was like nonstop, but I remember specifically thinking, wow, this is weird. This is all out of order. Like, this is so, like, it's from different. Little did you know that was probably the airing order. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) No, it was. It was. I guarantee you it was because I remember being confused because we'd go over there and it was during the summer. So we'd just go hang out in their playroom and it was this huge room. And I just remember the boys going crazy, jumping around and reenacting it as it's going on because they'd seen it 150 times. But you know how they were in the summer. They played those things. They didn't have any new content. So it just continuously played on tv um but i do remember that was a big obsession and i remember it's the generation right below ours yeah. that are obsessed with the and for wars. some people that is their star wars it was like the first thing they saw That's of it it's the first thing they loved of it and then you know those people are now grown up yeah and they're watching you know ahsoka you know which, right. which you just watched and it's hitting for right. them because they're like this it's is so the cool. person i grew yeah. up with you know so yeah yeah 
it is weird because like our generation before us were the ones that saw the original scroll through in the theater and they thought it was the most fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. I remember my cousin, he's 40, like mid forties. And he's like, it was the wildest experience. He goes, I mean, this was back in the day when you didn't go to movies that much, yeah. but you went like, he goes, we were there every weekend again and again and again. And it was just to see and that. They, old and they played scroll. longer and, back yes. then, you know, like yeah. a, uh, they would re-release movies a lot more. Like in 77, Star Wars comes out probably summer of 78 it's back out again for people to go see again. Um, I wish they did that more often now. Like I finally got to see my favorite movie of all time, back to the future in theaters for back to the future day. They released it, but I'm like, do that more often. Like, I want to see the second one. I want to see the third one in theaters. I want to see, I've seen empire strikes back in theaters. I've seen return of the Jedi in theaters. Like show me, put a new hope back out in theaters, put phantom menace in theaters again, you know, like that type of stuff. Um, let's do it. Let's just do that. Please. I want to see I want to see movies on the big screen. Um okay, so we're talking season 2 episode 16 Cat and Mouse and season 1 episode 16 Hidden Enemy. Um and Logan, I just want to get your thoughts on the start of these Clone Wars episodes cuz the way that it works, right, is there's no opening crawl. They do a little I don't know, platitude maybe at the at the beginning yeah. of the little saying at the beginning and then an upbeat type of uh, like tempo on the clone wars title and then we kind of get like a radio host right saying like uh on the planet christophsis you know and it just goes into what's going on uh did that like throw you did you like how i mean because obviously kids are not going to read the crawl the whole time so they kind of figured out i guess we need to do something different for this and kind of jazz it up a bit but uh did that kind of like throw you off at all were you digging the vibe of that uh just your thoughts generally on that you know for uh, for one um obviously star wars hits all sorts of generations like look at us we're 30 years old and, and we watch it um and so i don't think saying that an audience is particular pointed out during but but like i imagine this was pointed out for kids that are coming home after school yeah um especially um but no i think it was brilliant like i thought like you said, it, it all makes sense. The kid's not going to want to. I remember when I was little, I had a hard time reading those those crawls, mm-hmm. right? I was kind of like, okay, like, it's cool. But, like, come on, this thing's so slow. Um, as you get older, you know, you, you appreciate those kind of things. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really do like it. I kind of like that radio host kind of thing where it's, you know, because, you know, the galaxy, and especially it's got more expansion on it. They've had radio shows. They've got different elements in which they communicate. So, like, it, it is cool how they kind of... They, they nod to the original crawls, but they don't, you know, overdo it. And it's in the same font. They, they continuously do that, uh, which is fun. Um, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed the the upbeat kind of entrance for Clone Wars. Yeah, and the uh, narrator is, uh, is Tom Kane, who unfortunately had a stroke in 2020. Uh, so he's not able to really voice act anymore. So, so he's no longer able to to voice act due to the stroke um but he's got such a distinct voice uh he will also voice yoda in the series and in this episode as well he voices admiral yularen who is the admiral that is on anakin's team here who sounds almost the same exact voice of the narrator so just wanted to point that out but uh okay so cat and mouse we'll start with this one was directed by kyle dunleavy written by brian larson 
this episode premiered 13 years ago, March 26, 2010. And its description on Disney Plus, anyway, is Obi-Wan and Anakin must deliver troops to Christophsis. Um, so this was your first experience here with uh, the Clone Wars. What do you think of this first episode uh, as a whole before we kind of dive into more moments in it? You know, the first thing I noticed was it was it felt very Star Warsy, um, and by that, like even though it's it's done in uh, I guess CGI and, and cartoon, like it it still has like the cuts and like even the spaceships yeah, the as they go in. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still got the it still has that weird feel to it, and as they're like the clones are moving around carrying cargo and stuff, like it, it still has the it, it's wild to me. It's like they they really did a nice job of making sure that when they go into an animation that it was more about capturing the real feel before they even did anything else. Like that's what it felt like. And they did a fantastic job. And it's really cool because I mean, they've done it like some of these other movies and shows haven't been able to do it. They've been able to create and CGI these characters to look like the characters that we've grown up watching. So that was my, those were my first takeaways that, that everybody looked exactly like he looked like Hayden Christensen. Like that's yeah. just what, what Anakin looks like. So no, that was really cool. But yeah, that's the first thing that was jaw dropping how cool it was to see animation look like that. They make the video games look like that too um, mm-hmm. for Star Wars, but just the cutscenes and stuff that, you know, different things. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing because I I forgot like how prevalent like it felt like George Lucas Star Wars is what I'll say. You know, like like you said, the wipes, the fades, you know, like the the transitions from scene to scene were like watching any Star Wars movie done by George Lucas. And then um, and he had such a hand in this show, too, that it is, uh, you know, can't be overstated. Of course, this is where Dave Filoni gets a start in the Star Wars universe. Um, we'll be reading his name a bit over the course of these weeks um, as, you know, he is like one of the creators of Ahsoka and uh, we will, you know, now he's moving into having his own live action movie. So like we're kind of seeing the start of his journey into this um, where he really learned from George Lucas, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. But like you said, the models are very distinct but yet you can tell who they are just by one look. You see Obi-Wan and you're like, that's Obi-Wan. There's no like person that you're looking at like, who is this supposed to be? Because um, they nail the look. Even if it's not like photorealistic, the model, you just know automatically like, oh, that's that's Obi-Wan. That's Anakin. That's, uh, you know, uh, the, the droids look like the normal droids. They're not too stylized. They look pretty, you know, uh, similar. Um, but yeah, so th- that's something that I really dig how they do this too. One thing I think I really like too, especially these two episodes, very mature tone, you know, like this was not, ob- like you said, they probably didn't, uh, call out a generation that they were aiming for, but usually a lot of people look at animation and they say, oh, that's a kid's show. And I mean, the second episode deals with a traitor doing all this stuff. This episode, you know, was full of war strategy, right? Like, uh, you're, you're sitting there thinking, I'm sure a kid is, some of this stuff's going over their head a bit, but when Anakin's, I was able to figure out where Anakin's going with it too. You know, like when the, uh, general, what the, the other general trench, right? The spider tarantula guy, he, as soon as he says like, 
you know, they say like, oh, let's fire the torpedoes. And they're like, well, we'd have to pull down our shields. I was like, I know exactly where Anakin's going with this. He's going to try to get them to lower those shields, to fire at them. And then he's able to get them right back now that their shields are down. And uh, just being able to see, we never saw this, uh, Logan, but we got to hear Obi-Wan in episode four say like how good of a pilot and uh, fighting in the Clone Wars Anakin was. And we get to see his strategy. We get to see him be more than just, I hate sand, you know, um, which <laughs> I don't want to call out that line too much because I don't actually hate it the way people do. But, you know, uh, what sand? I, I hate sand so much. <laughs> and I do hate sand. I don't hate the line. Uh, but in my opinion, like being able to see Anakin be more than just what he was, uh, almost like a romantic lead in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and uh, getting to flesh out his character a bit more, I think is uh, a huge positive of the show over the course of the years that um, it was on. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and as we've gotten further in, and I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll allude to um, his role going forward in, in live action stuff. Now that they've brought Hayden back into the fold, yeah. it's just so much better. Like it, it's like they've corrected course on, it, it was just terrible writing. I thought for Hayden, like it just didn't fit what he wanted to do and what he needed to do. I think, um, which is probably the criticism of the first couple of movies there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I do. I, I think what you said, Jordan, like they're, they're blowing up ships. <laughs> like this is, this is intense. And then the second one's really intense with traitors and, uh, you know, bribery. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it had a, it had a much more, like I was expecting like, okay, like I, I think this will be not, I was like, no, this is a hundred percent what star Wars is all about. I'm, I'm ready for, uh, you know, different elements, this, them drinking in the bars and stuff is like, this is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there'll be some CD episodes as we go. I do want to say there will be some very kiddie episodes. I will say, okay. So as we go through this journey and one reason why I think I like rebels more than the clone wars is rebels really focuses on just our rebel, um, group. Uh, but this show, we will get episodes like this where we focus on Anakin and Obi-Wan. And then we'll get episodes like the second one where Anakin and Obi-Wan take a little bit of a backseat and we're focusing on Cody and Rex. And then there's going to be some episodes where it's a Jar Jar episode. And you know that's going to be hammy. He's going to be over the top. He's going to be, you know, tripping all over the place. And then we have some episodes that are focused on the droids. Or like I said earlier, you're going to get a Padme episode where it's just Senator Senate politics. You know, So like this show is all over the place. Um, so this, this viewing order will definitely help, I think, a bit in, the, in that regard too. But uh, kind of all setting the stage here. So the main thing what Trench is supposed to be doing is blockading people from getting to the surface as uh, Senator Bail Organa is on the ground on Christophsis um, doing some... I don't know, humanitarian work? I don't know. He's a senator. I don't know why he's on the ground, but he is. And um, it's not even his planet, but he's there. Um, and, you know, they're trying to stop them from getting the the supplies, which is what Anakin's cloaked ship is supposed to be doing, delivering supplies. But uh, one thing I really liked about this is before Obi-Wan arrives with the cloaked ship, Anakin's already engaging with, with uh, Trench. And and uh, you know, Obi-Wan arrives and he's, you know, one of them, I think it was uh, Cody says that like uh, Anakin is engaged or he's like, 
and Anakin, uh, Obi-Wan says, like, when I sp- explicitly told him not to engage, he's like, that sounds about right. <laughs> like, that was just, it sums up their relationship so much. Yeah, it, it definitely has that, like, it has that feel of just Anakin going rogue. Because Anakin, because Anakin's so good at what he does, and he knows that, but he's too confident. And, I mean, he even gets questioned um, by the commander, right? That he's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. he said, wow, that was cool what you did. Like, this is... You're still stepping out into this uh, world of where you're not quite ready for it, um, which Obi Wan was always said. I always did wonder that Jordan, though. Like I know we've talked about it, maybe some, but Obi Wan could have relaxed a little bit. Like, yeah, I think yeah, part of it's like, yeah, take it a little bit easy because you know, I guess you know the precarious situation they get into and how fragile um, Anakin ends up being. His ego, Anakin's yeah, ego, right? Yes. But I think his ego might be so fractured and, and fragile because. He keeps being told not to do what he's good yeah. at. You know, like that, that would probably Everything. piss me off too. Like, yeah. Logan, if I was really good at uh, playing football, right? Or let's say, let's say I'm very good at throwing the ball at football, but they keep making me do these wildcat formations or running the ball, which I'm also good at, but I know I could do better. I could understand being like, look, I'm frustrated. I know I can throw the ball. Why are you making me run all the time? Um, That's kind of how Anakin feels. I can deliver the thing fine. I can deliver the supplies, but I can also take this guy out who we thought was dead already, but it turns out he's just been in hiding and he's one of the top, I don't know, admirals or generals, whatever he is supposed to be in the separatist army. (laughs) You know, he's, the separatist strategist let me take him out obi-wan you know uh and we kind of get that too when you know mace in episode three is like uh you'll be on the council but not granted rank a master it's like why am i on the council if i'm not a master if i'm good enough to be a master if i'm good enough to be on the council i should be good enough to be a master and that's the kind of thing i think that always undermines him that makes him upset uh, we get a little bit more playful versions of it in this show, I think, but there will be times where, you know, you can kind of see where he's frustrated uh, and and why. And it doesn't come across as whiny as much in the show because we're going to get that over, you know, uh, seven seasons of a, a TV show. Um, So the, so he, I, I like this move here and it, it was very Star Wars, like you said, when, uh, when he's blowing up the ship, it reminds me of. I'm trying to think what what uh, scene. It might remind me of the scene in Phantom Menace. So, in Phantom Menace, there's a scene when Obi Wan and Qui Gon are on the blockade ship, and they're supposed to be negotiating, and they shoot the sh- the ship that Obi Wan and Qui Gon arrived in, and the way. It's like uh, the person's like trying to turn on the shields. She's like shields. And then you see inside the cockpit when she's saying that, but then when it blows up, it like cuts out and you see the blow up. That's kind of how it reminded me of like, you see the torpedoes coming towards the cockpit where trench is. And then it like cuts to outside of it. And you see it like take out the, you know, the, the command deck where he's sitting and stuff. So uh, just even the way it's directed, it was very, live action of star wars um but yeah so this episode was only like 26 minutes this uh you know 
Anakin kind of had his his way about it where he was able to uh, disobey orders, still get everything done, and kind of point to Obi-Wan and say, told you so. Another thing I really liked is when we have uh, Bail Organa sending a message to Obi-Wan, and he says, General Kenobi, you are our only hope. Uh, that kind of stuff is the the fun parts of Star Wars, little callbacks like that. Yeah, no, that was amazing because I, I was literally about to text you about it. I, I forgot, obviously, um, but that was like my favorite quote um, of those of the two seasons or two seasons, the two episodes that we, yeah, we watched. watched two seasons today. Yeah, we watched you. <laughs> I could have. I could have <laughs> kept going. Like, I was just like, I'm going to keep going. Um, but then, you know, I always try to leave it for Sunday. So, I, I'm, uh, so you have something guess, to do. Yeah. Recency. <laughs> and yeah, I've got something to do in the morning because in the morning with there's not, you know, anything going on sports wise. But yeah, you know, I really did like that. I thought that that was very. Uh, good in which it i will say the other thing that they did well too with this one is that like i noticed is you know when they they play a lot with anakin's like shadows and his eyes um and like it across his face like it literally had that feel it had that even that dark like when they has when hayden's got that look in his eyes when it kind of pans over and hayden's gone kind of that dark feeling that the anger that he feels inside they do a really good job of that, even if it's CGI too. It's like it's amazing how well that this is done. Um, in two thousand and eight, like this is nuts. Yeah. Like it just blows me away that the CGI and just kind of that you know that animation style is so good and so accurate to what we see in the movies. And the one thing that like George George just made this show. Like it wasn't it wasn't like ordered by the Cartoon Network. George is like I'm making this show. All right. Nobody's going to stop me from making the show. I have billions of dollars. I'm, I'm making the show. And then like Cartoon Network heard about it because George is going to be looking to put it on somewhere. And they're like, oh, we'll take it. Like the guy watched a few episodes like in at Lucasfilm and was like, yeah, let's I'll, I'll buy this. So it wasn't even like if it had gotten canceled by Cartoon Network at some point, George would have just continued making this <laughs> and just put it somewhere. He would have found somewhere to put it. Um, so that's, that's like the, the funny part about this is like, he had like no care in the world. I think he had completed like 39 episodes before it was even sold. You know, he was like, uh, I really admire him for that. Just being like, eh, I'm just going to do what I want. I'm just going to make, I'm just going to make this thing. I don't even know where I'm going to put it, but I, I'm making the thing. Um, nowadays, a lot of franchises are in the hands of big conglomerates anyway where they're going to put it on their platform so like this you know when they, when they re, when they brought it back for season seven disney plus is like we're putting it on disney plus um n- nowadays uh there's not a lot of like franchises like this where it's owned by somebody uh unfortunately this is like the last one that was i think you know where like one person held the complete rights to something and and just was able to make his own story like this um yeah now they're all kind of bought by somebody especially for that long of a period yeah from the 70s to 2012 he owned everything because i know a lot of people go well jk rowling well jk rowling didn't own a lot of the the rights to her stuff after a certain amount of time so she owns um, all the books in like the world but like the movie she has no control over like she can only be like if I'm selling you the rights to the movie, I need input on this, this, this. Yep. George yep. just wrote the movie. Nobody had faith in it. And he's like, all right, then I keep all the rights for sequels. And they were like, fine, we don't think there's going to be any. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. You know? 
And he's like, I get all the toy rights. And they're like, fine, there's not yeah. going to be a, a market for toys. And then that made him all of his money. <laughs> so, yeah. Because yeah. Tolkien didn't own any of his stuff, did he? Like, uh, after I was here, like, I would imagine the books, but. Yeah, he owns the books in the world. Uh, the estate yeah. is the one that, like, uh, somehow somebody got the rights to Lord of the Rings. And, like, when they made the movies, New Line Cinema and WB bought the rights from the person that had it before. So the estate wasn't a part of the movie. Oh, wow. So they're not actually big fans of the Peter Jackson films, oh. uh, the estate. Um, the estate did sell the rights to Amazon for the new show. And they do have input on that show. But, um, yeah, they they don't own everything the way that, like, George owned everything Star Wars until he sold Lucasfilm. Um, but yeah, so first episode, Cat and Mouse. It was actually season two, episode 16. But this is the first chronological episode as we're building to this uh, Christophsis mission that we're going to see in the movie here. Uh, let's move on. I guess, Anything else on this one before we move on to Hidden Enemy? But yeah, no, Jordan, I think one thing that was interesting, because you mentioned it, um, and I'm start, I'm getting it from StarWars.com, um, early in production, the dreaded uh, Admiral Trench was known as Taranch in reference to his tarantula-like nice. uh, appearance. So when you said that, I was like, that's pretty cool. And his little <laughs> clicking sounds all the time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is that? Because somebody else makes that noise too, right? Somebody else clicks like that. Oh, yeah, I can't remember who does. It is. Um, it's in... It reminds it's... me of... Uh... Does Boss Nass like from Jar Jar's thing? That's what I was thinking. Yes, he does click. He does like yes. that. And then yes. roll, 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 roll. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's who it is. I was like, who is it that does it? Because I couldn't remember who it was. Um, yeah, no, that's 100% it. Because yep. I was like, that's very reminiscent of somebody, but I don't remember who it was. But yeah, Jordan, nice job. You, you hit that. I didn't know if you knew that little fact, but I'd read that in the fun facts for the episode. I was like, dang, he like he hit that on the head because I couldn't figure out what it was. So I was like, man, it looks like a spider, but I was like, oh, <laughs> the thing is, yeah. All right, uh, so we're gonna move on to season one, episode sixteen, the hidden enemy, which was directed by Stuart Lee and written by Drew Z. Greenberg. It aired February six, two thousand nine, uh, on the Cartoon Network, and. Um, the description on Disney Plus says Anakin and Obi-Wan discover evidence of a traitor in their ranks. And uh, this episode actually has its own Wikipedia article, which the other one did not, did not have. Um, but uh, th this one was pretty interesting. I, I think I like this one more than the, than the other one, actually. Um, I really like Captain Rex and Commander Cody. So being able to see them kind of get, I would say the most of the screen time in this, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan are there obviously, but like the people that are figuring out who the traitor is, is like a detective Hardy boys episode of, uh, Cody and Rex just going around trying to figure out who the traitor is. What's also funny is that of course, Cody will later betray Obi-Wan due to order 66. <laughs> yes. on Revenge of the so, uh, I I quite like the fact that they were so appalled by this traitor when when they're gonna betray them later. But um, of course that's a little uh, a little different. Uh, if you've ever wondered how they easily flip a switch and betray the Jedi, Logan, 
good thing to tell you that by the time we get to like season five or six, they have actual huge explanation on what causes order 66 and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited to get to those episodes too. Cause those are um, some of the best episodes of the show, but um, yeah. So this episode, just your thoughts, uh, general thoughts before we dive into some more plot and stuff uh, of this one, but of, of this episode, did you like it more than the first one or was you more fan of the uh, space battle in the last one? No, I think this, this one was really good. Uh, I would like this one better than the other one, but only really because I, I mean, even even like you said, I, even though we got to wait for a couple seasons to get into uh, that arc of the Order sixty six, this uh, this really did have a good feel to it as far as explaining as to why why the clones kind of feel the way that they do um, and why that that switch gets flipped um, because there is there's moments and I we'll get to it, but there's a there's a moment towards the end where they mention exactly why it is that they. That, that he becomes a traitor, um, this person. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like this episode. I thought it was really d- well done. Um, and we get the, we get a new character that I didn't know before. So that was pretty cool uh, as far as, a, I guess, a Sith. Um, oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote this down. Yeah, uh, yeah Asajj Ventress. Yeah. This is the first uh, appearance of her in the uh, timeline. I guess I, I don't know episode wise if that's her first one because uh, I have not watched them in a while and you know being able to see these in chronological order. Asaz Ventress, yes, she calls. She says she has a master. Do you have any thoughts on who her master is at the time? I'm trying to think. It wouldn't be Doku, would it? It is Doku. Doku. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going I'm to continue to climb Doku. Turn off the city <laughs> game and pay attention. I kidding. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dooku, yes. Yes, That's no, you're right. She is uh, Dooku's cool. apprentice. Yeah. So uh, there's... It just t- made sense timeline, but yeah. I was like, maybe it's not. Tons of episodes will focus on her and, and his relationship as well. Um, the bad thing is, so this show did get canceled by Disney when it first came over. They uh, wanted their own show on Disney Plus, they didn't, uh, on Disney XD at Rebels. They didn't want uh, this show to keep airing on Cartoon Network. So um, they kind of put a halt to that. And they were already working on some great episodes that focus on the end of Asajj Ventress's work, uh, you know, arc that won't make it to air. But they did write a book that continued the storyline for her and, and wrapped it up, which I did read. And it's a really, really good book, actually. I, I actually listened to the audiobook. Sorry. Um, but yes, it was a really good audiobook. Um, I think they got the same person that voiced her in the uh, show, too. If not, it's like really close to her voice in the show is pretty good um but yeah so we get a we get a lightsaber battle with uh obi-wan anakin and asaz ventress now ventress was actually uh let me see if i can find some background on her whole uh um character because she was created originally for the uh, cartoon Clone Wars. And I don't mean this one. I mean, like, the little uh, Jendi uh, Tartalowski uh, Clone Wars, which was um, also on Cartoon Network, but they were, like, three-minute episodes. Do you remember this show at all? I'm going to show it. No. They, they also have it on, on Disney on Disney Plus, but uh, where is... All right, it's not letting me share that to my screen. Hold on. Um... Let me open it in this tab. 
wow, she was a she was a slave at one point in her life, a Jedi Padawan, an assassin of the Sith, a Night Sister, and a bounty hunter. So yeah, she's done it all. Yeah. <laughs> so it's this show. Um, it was uh on around the time of like uh yeah, before Revenge of the Sith aired. So 2003 to 2005, this show was on, and I remember like. Now this is not like canon anymore, I don't think. Uh, but it was again like five minute, two minute episodes, um, done by the guy that did Samurai Jack, which is uh, Jendi uh, Tartakovsky. Um, but yeah, so this was a this was kind of like the first time of doing the the Clone Wars, and then they were like, oh, we're gonna make like a CG version of it, but they're not like beholding themselves to the same stories in it. So it was not like a full on thing. Uh, but something that's interesting about the creation of the character is before Count Dooku was developed, the art department developed a villainess as the potential main antagonist. And it kind of looked like Asajj Ventress. And then, uh, so then the Clone Wars cartoon kind of added her as being in a, a, uh, uh, you know, uh, apprentice of Dooku. She did also appear in the video game Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2. She was like a DLC uh, character that you'd be able to play as. Um, though it doesn't show it on here, but I remember her being like, if you buy the pack of it, it you would mm -hmm. uh, be able to play as her. Um so, yeah, kind of crazy that they just kind of introduce her as if you're supposed to know who she is. Uh, but you were probably like, I don't know who she is. And she's just like already talking to them like she's had run-ins with them. Right, yeah. We are starting off with, again, the way that this show is kind of handled is just kind of starting off with, uh, we're in the middle of the Clone Wars. It's not taking place like right after Attack of the Clones. We don't get any of those moments of like, the end of attack, like Anakin's not like, I'm back from my honeymoon. Let's fight. Like he's, you know, just already as a general in this point, but yeah, she is from, um, Dathomir. She is a night sister, uh, as well. And they'll explore that for sure in this show. Um, which what, your first experience with night sisters were on Jedi fallen order. Fallen order. Yep. Yeah. And then you got to see yeah. them in Ahsoka where they appear yeah. again. It's really cool because I, I mean, I'm fascinated with them because I think that they've just got an interesting. Because Balin is he is he uh, technically part of their what would they call like is he like a male version of them or is what is he? No, Balin is not. Um, uh, well, Darth Maul is actually from the same planet. Okay, he's from Dathomir, uh, so he's like the he... he's like the yeah. male version of Night Sisters, I guess you would say. Okay. Because I didn't know what night like Night Sisters obviously yes Fallen Order because what there's two of them that you face in Fallen Order I believe yeah one of them joins your party Marin is yeah. a Night Sister right so no it's fascinating and I love Dathomir like it mm -hmm. it just it it is one of my favorite planets so just to see people from and then like you said Jordan like you you, you knew that this person had obviously had run-ins and also knew what she was doing because she's wielding uh, double lightsabers <laughs> and i was like uh oh yeah uh, this can't be good she stabs the floor i'm like well that's a that's a different kind of take of i've never seen that before so yeah she cool. just stabbed it and like made them fall yeah. through like it was nuts. She was pretty uh she's pretty smart she was um 
Yeah, and you know what's funny too is like when they're in the locker room type thing for the clones. Yeah. There is a uh, pinup poster. There's a few of them. One of them is like a Twi'lek. Uh, one of them looks like the handmaiden version of Padme. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, if, I don't know if it's supposed to be Padme or if they're just like, they. I don't know if there's like this some sort of I don't know, calendar out there for uh, handmaidens from Naboo, but she's wearing the same exact thing that all the handmaidens wear from Naboo, and they have her like pinned up. That's uh, yeah. that's really funny how they again. That's like something you wouldn't think is in a kid show that they have like pin up posters here. Yeah. But they like no, the kids would never realize that. Yeah, like, they would just be like oh, and if they did, they'd just be like oh, look, it's Padme or like right or somebody or that looks like her. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, they're not thinking it could be a calendar like a Sports Illustrated. Photo <laughs> yeah, <shooter>. yeah. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. They're like, here, put this handmade thing on, <laughs> snapping pictures. Um, right. Yeah, but you you said about it with the clones, right? We kind of get a little bit of background on why Slick was his name was the, uh, the traitor, right? He says he because they kind of phrase it as like you're letting down your brothers, right? You're you're betraying your clones, and he's like, no, I love my brothers, and that's why I'm doing this. You guys are the ones forcing us into this battle where we have no say. We're almost like slaves, type of you know, commentary is what he's making. And I think it's a really interesting way to look at it because it's not something that's very explored in the movies, but Logan, these people were made to just die in war, right? That that's what these, and these are living people. They're not droids that are being sent out. Like the separatists are doing. You can even say it's probably less. It's definitely less humane having a clone army than droid army, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and these are the good guys in the war. Um, Again, it's a pretty heavy topic for something that's aimed at, you know, 10, 12-year-olds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what's your thoughts think, on why he uh, – was he making sense? Like, what, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, I think it, it, it pitches a good idea of, like – and it's one that really I don't I don't think we tackle too much. Like, I, I think we tackle, obviously, a lot of artificial intelligence and, and robot armies mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that and having where – like, what if they had, you know, human – sentiment and human feelings and like they could they could empathize and sympathize with people well i think that's what you get with clones right because clones are technically people that are just cloned biologically and they're created and you know test tubes and they're able to kind of create i mean these are people that are created and that's the idea of clones um and that they got feelings and the fact that they feel that they are slaves like they are 100 percent slaves like they you know it's it's part of the jedi uh order to kind of figure out how to use them and implement them in battle and they use them as they will and they all look alike and they're they're made to look alike and i think that there's this dystopian kind of feel to it as well where it's you know they don't have identity um they struggle with identity and when they start to identify them as different people and i think giving them each different names i mean that really helps because in the show i was confused as hell half the time because like which one's got a book for armor um but just like in the clones i mean but yeah i think Ultimately, when he says that, you know, our brothers have always been slaves to the Jedi Order, um, he's not wrong. Like, it's 100% correct. They're, kill- they're killing machines is basically what they're made to be. Um, yeah. And the Jedi never really... Cody's the only one that you have, like, kind of this connection with um, as you as you watch through some of these uh, movies and now TV show. Um, but, yeah, now I think that he makes perfect sense. And it was one of my favorite lines because it, it is. It's kind of like 
they, they kind of have that same thing that Anakin's kind of feeling where, you know, don't forget about us, right? We're, we're, we're humans. So we have feelings. Right. Um, right. You can't just put that aside. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a villain that is doing things that you're like, Oh, maybe I'm, maybe I'm on his side. <laughs> maybe yeah. he d- probably doesn't go about it the best way by going to the separatists and giving mm-hmm. information, but he's totally right. Like you said about what, what is happening? Or like you said, he's, he's been a, they've all been slaves. He's doing it for his brothers. He says, and I kind of like this idea. And, and like you said, in the movies, we don't really have any clone that we're identifying with in this show. I'm happy to say that we will have clones that you will get to know by name and they will have their own d- distinct personalities that you will start to realize, you know, like, Hey, I like this clone. I don't like this clone. You know, like that's the kind of the fun thing that we're getting to do with this. And they're not all just Django, you know, they're not just all Django. They, they have their own thoughts, their feelings, their dreams. You know, his dream is to no longer be in the war as part of a, just being ordered around by Jedi who was born and raised to do just one thing. And, uh, I guess your thoughts on this idea that they all call each other brother. I think it's a very fun thing. You know, they see each other as brothers because not only do they look alike, but they've been living together. They've been raised together. They have to work together. I I think it's really cool that instead of just saying my clone, they're always like, you know, our brothers, my brother. I think that's really cool. You know, who else calls themselves a brother? Uh, The Jedi um, or sister, Um, because a lot of times you'll have Obi-Wan, and say, you were my brother, Anakin, right? Uh, they do. They have a very, it's a family kind of feel. Like they, they are very family and feel to, you know, because there is not, so there's not really love and connection in between the Jedi. It's more of that we're in this together. We're, we're for one cause kind of thing. And, and I think that's the same way that the clones feel. They're kind of built to think like that where we're a brotherhood and, and we protect each other and, and we're not supposed to turn on each other and, and betray one another because then once there's crack in the, cracking the armor right and the whole the whole suits exposed so again i think that yeah i mean it's a really good point uh, i love that it's the brotherhood and i think you made a good point that it is that there's an emphasis on the brotherhood um and whenever you say brotherhood it just has a different meaning right you've got teams that use that you've got groups of people that use that um i know there's like uh, fraternity you know fraternity sororities you know it's that brotherhood that sisterhood a bond that can't be broken kind of thing because family is typically a bond that can't be broken. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of what the idea is typically supposed to be when you're like, we're part of a brotherhood, right? Like, mm-hmm. even though some people do have bad relationships with their family where they will cut people out and stuff, but like right. most of the time your family is your family, no matter what they do, what they've done, mm-hmm. you're like, well, he's my brother. Right. And in this yeah. case, it's, you know, this guy took it a little too far with what he was doing for his brother. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. but we can understand. I like that, that it wasn't like a cartoonish uh, idea of like why he was betraying him. Oh, because I believe in the separatist ideals. It was like, I just don't want to be a slave pretty much to what you right. guys are telling me to do. Which is understandable. I think we would probably feel the same if we were raised to just go out there and die for somebody. You know, that's their whole life. And, and to be honest, they're not that old, right? They, they have accelerated age too, so they're a little maybe uh, immature too. That having to deal with this type of thing. Uh, all right, anything else about this episode? Is there anything I missed or anything you had written down that uh, you wanted to say? 
I will say Anakin does a lot of very Anakin things again. Um, I like when he zip lines across the other building. It seems like something. Oh, yeah. It always seemed like Anakin was always trying to, like, there are times where I think Obi-Wan gets into, like, these predicaments where he's not quite thought it all through. Like, Obi-Wan's kind of, he's he's thought enough through it, yeah. but then it's like, oh, crap. Like, or, like, he gets into binds that he doesn't see coming, where Anakin seems very much aware. They referenced that in, uh, what, Attack of the Clones, when yeah. uh, he saves them at one point, and, yeah. or, or he mentions saving them on this one thing, and Obi-Wan's like, that one doesn't count, or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. And I love when he gets over there, and Obi-Wan's like, how'd you even get over here? He's like, I improvised, <laughs> or whatever. Like, it is very Anakin, and yeah, because uh, Obi Wan plays by the book like a hundred percent. He is that black and white plays by the book. Obi Wan is very much that. Where I think Qui Gon had a little bit more of like rule he break. thought more. Yeah. yeah, I can rule break. And then you've got Luke who can rule break. Um, but I think there's it's an interesting dynamic because there's some Jedi. Like I feel like even Ahsoka's more rule following than I think uh, well, you'll maybe see. some of the others. You'll see. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> right. That, that I know of. Um, yeah. But she seems to be... In Ahsoka, uh, she's yeah. a little bit more rule yes. following. In this, yeah. she's going to take a little bit more after her her master. Um, yeah. The, uh, the point where you said about Obi-Wan being more rule following, Qui-Gon maybe not. We totally see that in Phantom Menace, right? Qui-Gon mm-hmm. is having plans to do stuff and obi-wan's kind of pushing back like wait the masters uh you know the the council just said this thing and he and qui-gon's <laughs> yeah. like well f them i'm doing this type of thing <laughs> and, Qui-Gon's, dude i'm your master i do what i want yeah and that's what like i think anakin kind of has that in him too uh which is yeah. funny and, and when you look at what qui-gon's master was uh dooku you know you're kind yeah. of falling into Obi-Wan's really the only one that follows rules when it comes uh-huh. to these guys. Um, yeah. And he's... Luke is absolutely off the rule book. Oh, like, yeah. Dude's he's going in force choking the, <laughs> the, the people in Jabba's palace. He's like... <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that wraps up uh, these two episodes. But So overall thoughts, Logan. Uh Better than you thought it was going to be. What's your sense, uh, like consensus, bef- as we head into the film? Yeah, I think what's cool is that I, I came into it knowing that I've always heard really good things about it from age groups of all different times. But, um, but yeah, no, I mean, it hundred percent better than I thought it would be. Um, and then just kind of looking at the reviews as we go forward on IMDb, like all the episodes going forward and into seasons, into the later seasons, which you don't typically see. I mean, they're above seven point eights, and like people really like this show. So I'm interested to kind of see the direction in which it's headed. And I, and I, I've heard that, you know, kind of building into the end of the show and building into Rebels as well. Like these two shows are two of the best Star Wars shows that they've done. So yeah. I'm excited. I'm really interested to kind of see the direction in which it heads. Cause I, I, I love the idea that they, they're going into more of these battles that we didn't get to see. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, it'll be really interesting. Cause, uh, next week we're going to be talking about the movie Star Wars, the Clone Wars film directed by Dave Filoni. And uh, this uh, this actually recently made an appearance in Ahsoka when she's going through that episode five when she is uh, in the world between worlds and uh, seeing Anakin again. You know, she mentions, oh, this is our first mission together on Christophsis. Like, this is what they're referring to and how you've already seen that. You're going to get a little bit more background on that. And just uh, 
I haven't watched a film in, in years and years and years. So I'm really excited to kind of dive back into it. One thing that's interesting about the movie is because it was being released as a movie, it's really just three episodes kind of plugged together, three or four episodes together. Um, one thing that's really interesting is that, so Samuel L. Jackson and Christopher Lee do not voice their characters in the show, but Christopher Lee will voice Dooku in the film and Samuel L. Jackson voices Mace in the film. Uh, it's the only time they voice their characters in the um in this animated version. Uh, so it is going to be feeling like a big actual film when you hear those voices coming out of their characters. Um, and Kevin Kiner, who does the music for this show and the movie, he did Ahsoka's music. So he's, he's really involved with, um, these characters as well. And, uh, he, he does pretty good music. Um, as well. So I'm really excited about the, about revisiting this, uh, Revisiting this movie and having some fun with it. I didn't see this one in theaters, so I'm excited for this. It says it's 98 minutes. It's listed separately on a on Disney Plus for people that are following along. So it's not just like the first four episodes or three episodes of the show. You actually have to look for Clone Wars film and then uh, make sure you watch that as you're following along with us on this. Oh, yeah. And another weird thing. Um if you're looking for Clone Wars to follow along to, it says Clone Wars final season on the cover. Yeah, because it puts that. the latest was, thumbnail on yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. And it looks really weird because it's like, wait, what? And I thought, I was like, where did it go? Like, did they take it off? And I was so confused. And then I clicked on it and then it unveils all the other seasons. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's really a good weird point. It, I should have, I should have said final season. I was telling you. Because <laughs> I thought it was weird too. I was watching it like, hmm, it says final season. I understood though, like, click this, do this. But yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty funny how they have it list it i think they list it that way so that way they can put disney plus original on it because they can't mm-hmm. probably put the disney plus original logo on the rest of the clone wars i don't know that's a good point yeah so there you go there you have it those are the first two episodes as we watch chronologically uh and then we will watch the film that's the only thing we'll talk about in the next episode and then to make it more confusing we have th- two <laughs> season three episodes the week after <laughs> And then a season one, episode one. So we are jumping all around. I'll make sure I put that link in the notes as well. So people can maybe look ahead if they want to watch uh, ahead any, any further. All right. Well, thank you, Logan, for uh, bringing this idea up. I'm having fun revisiting these and I'm really excited for you to kind of experience this. Like you said, later in the show, even, um, this is a show that most people say like season one takes a bit to get going. The rest of the seasons really start, you know, picking it up from there. And uh, I guess that's also a plus of being able to bounce around in the chronological mm-hmm. order. You get to see some really great episodes before some yep. of those uh, episodes where they're finding their feet still. Yep. hundred percent. No, it's been, it's been good so far. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of them. All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Pod Awakens. You can email us, podawakens at gmail.com. And uh, we will catch you all next time for Star Wars The Clone Wars animated film.